Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. We're in a collection of talks we're calling Direction. Direction. So everyone, everywhere, no matter age, stage, you have choices in life. There are crossroads, if you will, or the forks of life where there are decisions that you need to make. Should I go this way or should I go that way? Should I, like that guy who just rode by, should I drive my motorcycle today or should I take a car? You know, what way should I go? There's always opportunities. What way should I go? And, uh, you know, God, he's got good plans for you, a hope a future. And so uh, we're talking about what way can we go so that we move in God's plans, his purposes for us, because they are good. So the first week, hey, we talked about God's purpose, that you have a purpose, a God-given purpose, and that, that know what, that that actually is a rudder in your life, so through decisions, that God's purpose for you is a rudder, and we talked about how to find that. Last week, we talked about that God will lead you from a place of intimacy, that he'll lead you from a place of intimacy, and uh, and how we can hear God's voice. And today, we're going to continue in this collection, and I'm going to uh, share a message I'm calling I've been here before. I've been here before. Have you ever thought, I've been here before? Now, I'm not referring to a physical location. Like, I'm not referring to when theaters open again and you're like, I've been here before. Right? I'm, I'm talking about a place mentally, a situation or stage, a, a, a kind of pressure a place, a place emotionally where you say, I've been here before. You know, uh, maybe you've been here before, something very similar, and, and now you're back again. That same place mentally, right? Or that same place, or you've gotten to the same stage with a friend. You're at that same financial pressure as last month. You know, the, the, the same amount of time you've been at the job that you're at. I've been here before. Maybe that similar situation where you need a supernatural breakthrough. Like, I've been here before. Or that same pressure point in your business of like, I have been here before. Right? Where it, maybe it's a similar, similar choice that you've been. But I've been here before. And just because though, just because you've been here before does not mean you should do what you did before, right? When we repeat a choice, when we repeat a choice or action that we did uh, before out of a reflex or, or an automatic reaction, just because we've been here before, it can actually cause us to go in circles in our life and not move forward, right? Not moving forward in life, not moving forward in freedom and peace, not moving forward in our relationships, not moving forward into the plans and directions that God says, hey, they are good. Because if we make the same choice or take the same action, because I've been here before, it's like if I was to drive in my neighborhood and every intersection that I always turn left. Eventually, I will be doing a circle within my neighborhood. Give me four intersections, I'll be doing a circle. I won't get too far. You know, when you're faced with intersections or de decisions in your life, 
if we allow the past to automatically define our steps for the present, uh, what, what we did before always say going left again, life will be a big circle. You'll be coming back to the similar choices, the same situations, the same stages or pressures, and not moving forward. And then you think, I've been here before. You know, that choice or action may have been actually, it may have been right back then, but it doesn't mean it is right, right now. You know, the past, I don't think, should automatically set our steps and choices for the present. Just because you've been here before doesn't mean you should do what you did before. I believe God has a better way for us to live life and to do life than for us to, for our present to be defined by uh, what what happened before or, or or dictated by what happened in the past. Because in that way, are you not just sort of bound to the past, bound to repeating it over again? I believe God has actually a way for us to live free so that you will move forward in the directions and plans that he has for your life, in the freedom that he has for your life. You know, Moses, like the Moses, right? Like, let my people go. That Moses... He was in a place where he had been before. Where he, a place where he had been before. There's an account in the Bible of Moses and we see it. And I think we actually, as we look at it, we'll see the catalyst of what many of us cause us to automatically do the same thing when we've been here before. So Moses, he's in the wilderness. He's leading the Israelites. There's approximately two million people. That's, that's a few people. And they're being led around in the wilderness and they're wandering and there is no water. There is no water. So we're going to pick it up in Numbers, in Numbers 20, verse 5. There was no water for the people to drink at that place. So they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And the people blamed Moses and said, If only we had, had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into the wilderness to die, along with all of our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place? Hang on. You were in slavery in Egypt. Things were a little rough in Egypt, but okay, I get it. You're not hanger, but you're thirsty. Uh, the land they went on, it says, the land has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates. I want a pomegranate and no water to drink. So can you imagine the pressure Moses is under? There, he is under great pressure. Everybody blaming, it is your fault that we're here. It is your fault we have nothing to eat. It is your fault we don't have anything to drink and my little cow is going to die. It is your fault. And all these two million people coming down on him. Now, people in the Bible, they are real people. They're not superheroes. So they're like you and I. Can you imagine the pressure that would be? There is pressure. Now, Moses and Aaron, they do the wise thing. They, they actually withdraw from the noise and they, they go to the Lord. They seek the Lord's face. In Numbers 20, verse 6, it says, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. 
And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there and I will pour out its water. You will pro, uh, provide enough water for, from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. So, so far, so good. Moses, he does, he goes, he's feeling great pressure. He goes before the Lord with the high priest Aaron. They go and God says, grab the staff and speak to the rock. So, so far, so good. Numbers 20 verse 10, he goes, then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. This is an infu- like Moses. Hear the emotion when he says this. This is what Moses says. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring water from this rock? Right? Like he is angry. He is like emotional here. Then Moses raises his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank to their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them into the land I am giving them. What just happened? Like Moses, you were doing so good. There was pressure. You went before God. And what did God say? He said, speak to the rock. Like have that staff there, but speak to the rock. He grabs the staff. But once he's in front of the, the, the mass of people, once he's in front of those two million people who are angry at him, who are saying it is your fault we're suffering, who want to get rid of him and probably kill him because there is no water to drink. Moses, he didn't, he didn't speak to the rock. Instead, he what? He struck the rock twice, right? Moses struck the rock twice. Uh, Moses, Because of that, Moses in the disobedience, he wasn't able to enter the promised land. But why did Moses strike the rock? Like, strike and speak are are not that close. Like, why did he strike the rock instead of speak? Because Moses had been here before. Moses had been here before. See, a, a time before is recorded in Exodus earlier, just after Moses led out the Israelites out of Egypt, he was in a similar situation. There was no water for the people to drink. The people wanted to kill him. And the writer of Exodus, it is actually very specific. It says they wanted to stone him to death, which is throwing rocks at him until he's dead. So he, Moses it was experiencing pressure mentally, emotional pressure, maybe even fear for his life in that moment before, right? And in that time, God told him what? He told him to strike the rock and water came out. It worked. Back then in Exodus, he, he struck the rock, water came out, the pressure was gone, the, the, no more people wanting to kill him, nobody else was, uh, no more mental or emotional, like, oh my goodness, I, like, he, it was gone when he struck the rock. Now Moses, jump a little bit ahead, he's now in a similar situation as before. There is no water 
everybody's thirsty, blaming him again. And, and they, they, they want to get rid of him. The people are angry. They want to kill him. There's no water. Similar situation. But Moses is in the same place, I believe, mentally and emotionally that he's been before. The same place mentally and emotionally where there's pressure that he was experiencing when he first came out of Egypt. People angry and rebelling against him because there's no water. And then in Numbers 20, 10, he said, and he uh, and Aaron summoned the people to come out and gather. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring water from this rock? Here we can see and hear Moses' stress, his emotion, his anger. That the same that he had felt before. And his thoughts, his emotions, that, he, that, that can be heard in that verse right there. Those words, I think, were the catalyst for Moses making the same choice and action as before. The situation that he was in there brought him back to the same place uh, mentally and emotionally, being at the same place, which caused him then to repeat the same action as before. To strike the rock, but maybe strike it twice because let's like they really want to kill me. Da-da, right? But he did it too. What happened to Moses in the account, in this account, I believe also can happen to you and I. That situations or stages in life or pressures that are similar, ones that we've experienced before, bring us back to, to the same place that we've been before, mentally, emotionally, a line of thinking, that they lead us then to revert back to what we, the actions or the choices that we did before, creating a cycle. Before Moses striking that rock, he was good the first time because God led him. The second time, uh, not so much. Moses' emotions and thoughts caused him to circle back to what he had done before, not moving forward. And so for the rest of his life, actually, Moses lived out his life going in circles in the wilderness, going in circles because of his disobedience. Now, I read this too and I think, thank God for Jesus. Like, I am so thankful for Jesus that, that we, when, that we find grace and forgiveness from God, that when, that, that the high bar that God sets, it was met by Jesus on our account. That now, if we screw up, if we mess up, that we don't find wrath because Jesus took our place, that we actually find grace, that we can come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need, that we, that we experience love from our Heavenly Father, acceptance, forgiveness, and, and that He restores us because Jesus paid the price. Oh, thank God for Jesus. But just as Moses, when he was in a similar situation, it brought, brought him to that same place emotionally or mentally, and out of that automatically set his choices or actions. Well, uh, if we do that as well, if we allow uh, similar situations or circumstances to set us back to the place in thinking or emotionally and automatically make us go or, or cause us to act or react the same way, we'll find that we're moving in circles in life, circling back, not moving forward into what God has for us. An example of this is maybe you, you start 
becoming a friend with someone, right? And they're acquaintance and you're like just starting to get to know them. And, and, and now they're like more of an, they're not as much of an acquaintance. They're more of a friend now. And, and, and there's a box and they're just like crossing that line. They're halfway. And, but you've been here before. You've been at this stage before. In the past, when people have moved beyond acquaintance to a friend and you've opened up a bit more, this is when they've hurt me before. Or this is when they've betrayed me before. Or this is when other people have have disappointed me before. So this stage puts you back at that same place emotionally in that line of thinking. It's only a matter of time until they hurt me. It's only a matter of time until they disappoint me. And those emotions or thoughts then caused you to then take, put them back in that acquaintance box, right? No, 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 I'm not going to let them get, get close to me or, no, what, I'm actually going to ghost this person. They're not going to be with me anymore. Why? Because the thoughts and emotions are causing you to not move forward. And the cycle, then there's a cycle, a circle of there's no meaningful relationships in your life right? Um, it could be, I need God to bring a breakthrough in this situation. I've, I've seen God bring it to me before and he brought it this specific way. So then now it's like, okay, I need God. Like I really, God, like I need you. Like I had both hands up in worship today, God, I need you. Right. And, and, and you, and, and then it's like, okay, but God moved this way before. So then you look for, okay, God has to do it this way again. And then you actually miss out on what God is trying to do in a different way because I've put God in my box of past experience. Isn't that what Moses did too, didn't he? You know, there could be various situations or or circumstances or stage that cause you to go back to a place mentally or emotionally. Maybe it's in the area of finances. You have similar financial pressure. So then what happens is you then do the same thing as you did last week. Then you'll find yourself in the same place. Or maybe it's not financial pressure, but maybe financial opportunity. You find financial opportunity again. And so then you do what you did before of of sacrificing your family or relationships for the financial opportunity. Or maybe it's at church, hey, you, you came from another church, now you're at another church and, and you're getting to like this point of like, okay, I'm starting to like maybe get a little bit more plugged in, okay, they don't seem too weird, but then you get to like, I've been here before where I'm sort of here, but then it can also be where you get to the place and it's like, I've been here before. This is the point where fill in the blank and I'm going to then move in this way. Maybe it's getting behind, getting behind your steering wheel, merging onto Deerfoot. I've been here before at this standstill again and you just go. And then afterwards you ask for forgiveness because Josiah said we only receive forgiveness. Okay, but... You know, maybe you're at a, at, at a job or, uh, for a certain amount of time or you're at a house for a certain amount of time or you're, and you start to feel at a certain stage, you start to feel antsy. You start to feel bored. You start to feel, uh, right? There could be many different areas as there are people. But when we allow emotions or thoughts that come up from being in a similar situation as the past to define our actions, for the present, our direction will be a circle in life. Coming back to that same situation again, that same stage, that same pressure, and not 
moving forward. You know, I, in my own life, I, re- I realized this for myself. It was at the three-year marker when it came to my occupation. I, at three years, it was, I was changing occupations. It was sometimes it was circumstances like the economy. Sometimes it was uh, God. And sometimes it was like I got antsy and I got bored. And I was like, okay, I need a, a change. And so three years. So I had a steam cleaning business for three years. And then I, I let that go. I managed a construction company, grew it, had some of the best years it ever had in that whole company ever, like banger years, like so good. And then after that, I left to start uh, my uh, high rise window cleaning company. I built that company. Then I felt God say, step back from that company uh, after, well, just over three years. Uh, and then there's, there's other areas where I notice, okay, it's three years. Something is happening. And so I realize there's something at three years that I either get a little antsy, a little bit, and I started to realize, no, it's because I really like building. I really like creating. I really like, like entrepreneurial stuff. So, so if I'm in a routine too long, I get a little bit bored. I get a little bit like, okay, I want to build something new. And, I'm, and so I realized this is, this isn't healthy. Like, I don't want a three-year cycle, right? Uh, so last year, as it came up to September 24th, actually all of 2020, I was aware, very aware that I was coming up to three years of being lead pastor at the church here. Now, I've been a part of this family for a very long time, but being the lead pastor. And I was very aware, and I was listening to, what am I thinking? Where are my emotions at? Um, Am I engaged right now? And why was I looking at that? Because I knew this is where God wanted me to. This is what my purpose is. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I didn't want, just because I've been here before, at this three-year mark, to do the same thing that I had done before. Because if, if so, it would move me out of where God had me. It would move, it, it, those thoughts or emotions might move the direction that I knew God had for me and for the church, right? Like Psalms 92, 12 to 13 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And when it came to the area of finances, that I was actually, um, I was actually every like three years I was transplanting. That's not that good when it comes to the area of, of uh, uh, like bit of my occupation or my business. And so in order to build something, I realized in order to build something that will impact generations, because that's my heart for this church, is to impact generations so that when both you and I are gone, that it's still impacting people, still impacting the next generation. In order for me to see the fullness that God has for my life, I need to get out of this circle. I need to get out of, if you like another word, cycle of three years. I need to break this. So if you ask Natalie, it was a big deal to me. So all last year, I was aware, how am I thinking? Where are my emotions at? Why am I feeling this way right now? Okay, and I was looking and I was determined, I'm not going to do what I did before. Just because I've been here before, I'm not going to do that. So when September 24th, 2020 came, I was pumped. Not as pumped actually as September 25th. 2020. I was like, I've gone beyond. I did what I didn't do before, but chose to go forward. 
You know, I believe God's best for our life is not to live a life full of circling back, but that God's best for us is not uh, for our emotions or our thoughts that come from being in a similar place, similar stage, similar situation to set the choices and direction for our life, for the past to, to, to determine our future. In Isaiah 43, um, 18 in the Passion, they don't have it on here, so you'll just uh, listen here. It's this. It's Isaiah 43, 18. Stop dwelling on the past. Don't even remember those former things. This is God speaking through the prophet. I'm doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it spring, sprouts and grows and matures. Do you not, do you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and I will open up flowering streams in the desert. I believe God's best for us is to be able to move forward, to move forward in life. To move forward in freedom, move forward in in our relationships, move forward into the plans and purposes that he has for you that are good, that are good. But how do we do that? How do we move forward when it's similar situations, stages that that bring us to that same place where I've been here before, mentally, emotionally, I've been here before and I'm thinking those same thoughts. I think the first thing, is this is realize your emotions are a gauge, not a guide. Realize that your emotions, they're a gauge, not a guide. Like on your car, you have uh, a fuel gauge, right? That gauge is telling you what's happening on the inside of your car in that one specific place, right? Uh, How much gas you have. And if you allow your fuel gauge to direct you, like what way your arrow is pointing, Like, you're going to be going crazy directions. You're not going to be able to move forward. And eventually, you're going to run into some troubles. Emotions really are gauges for our soul, for how we're doing on the inside. But eventually, you're going to burn all your fuel, and you're not going to be able to move. If you ignore all your emotions and stuff them down, I'm a really good stuffer. Um, But if you stuff your emotions down, uh, eventually, what's going to happen? You're going to burn out. You're not going to be able to go forward. You might be like, hey, I'm feeling great. But deep down, you know you're you're not good, right? You need to know. So what's unfruitful with emotions is if you treat emotions that are a gauge, like a guide that set the direction of your life. When those emotions come up in situations or stages, they should be an indicator to go to God. You know, in Psalms, uh, 139, verse 23, it says this in the Passion. It says, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I'm feeling it. Well, God, find, like, search my heart. Find Put me to the test and, and sift through all my, ex- my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on. Circles. And lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way. The path that brings me back to you. God, so when, when those things come up, God, why am I feeling this way? God, what is this indicating? And go to him and allow him to then speak into that, to speak into that area. 
And I believe as you do, that there will actually be, God will actually heal those places in your heart. That as you, why am I feeling this way? When I get to this stage in a relationship, why am I, why am I feeling this way? Or when I get to this three-year stage, why am I feeling this way? And I believe God will then, the master heart surgeon, will then be starting to heal your heart. Start doing surgery on your heart. Start bringing things out and bringing healing so that those things, that the cycle starts to break. I think the second thing is, think about what you're thinking about. You know, don't allow thoughts to go unchecked. Right? Why am I thinking this way? Why am I disengaging at a three-year mark, Josiah? Oh, it's because X, Y, Z. But even better than that is not just asking yourself questions because you'll just turn into a philosophy. Why, why, why? But even better than that is to bring your thoughts to God. God, why am I thinking this whenever I am here? And then when there are those toxic thoughts, those destructive thoughts that are not in line with God's word, to take them captive. 2 Corinthians 10 verse uh, 4 says this, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And how do you do this? How do you bring thoughts captive? You do this when thoughts come by speaking out what God says about that situation. By speaking out what God says. Because you, like, have you ever tried not to think about something? Like, okay, I'm thinking about not thinking about it. Try doing that when you go to bed. Like, okay, my mind, stop thinking, stop thinking, stop. And it doesn't work, right? You just start, you keep thinking about it. But you are to interrupt your thoughts with what God says in his word. By speaking out what God says actually out loud. Actually out loud. The third thing is to renew your mind. Romans uh, 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, uh, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So as we get into God's word, allow his words, his word to transform you the way you think, to bring you up to a higher way. Isaiah talks about that his ways are higher, his thoughts are higher, that as we get into his word, he renews the way we think, changes the way we think, so that we have that elevated God perspective in Jesus' name. I think the, uh, the other two is this, is go back to what God said. Can you imagine what would what it would be like if God at that, or God, Moses at the time, went back to what God said? I think if he paused and said, God, what did you say in this situation? If he paused and said, God, what did you say in this situation? I think he probably would have walked in the promised land. I think it's important to go back to what God said. That's what Moses' successor, uh, God said to him. In Joshua 1, 8, it says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so it, uh, you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Obey then, or only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So go back to his word. And Holy Spirit reminds you of the things that Jesus said. And the fifth thing, final thing is this. Is take courageous, faith-filled steps forward. Take courageous, faith-filled steps forward on his word. That when God says something, then to actually then move into what God says. 
How do we move forward when we're in that similar place situation? It's this right here. It's emotions, they're a gauge, not a guide. Think about what you're thinking about. Renew your mind. Go back to what God said. And then take that courageous step of faith forward in Jesus' name. Can I encourage you with this? Just because you've been here before, don't do what you did before. You don't need to do what you did before. That when you decide to move forward, when you decide, I'm not going to allow to automatically do that. I believe that cycles will be broken. That God will empower you to take steps forward in what he has. To move forward in life, forward in his freedom and peace, forward in in relationships, forward in the plans and purposes he has for you. I've been here before, but because of God, I don't need to do what I did before. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.